Today's reading, today's reading is Matthew 6, 25 through 34, and 1 Corinthians 7, 17 through 24. It can be found on your screen. This is God's word. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about what your body or what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you be worrying, by worrying, be at a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. 1 Corinthians 7, 17 through 24. Nevertheless, each of you should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to you, just as God has called you. This is the rule I laid down in all the churches. Was a man already circumcised when he was called? He should not become uncircumcised. Was a man uncircumcised when he was called? He should not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision Maybe. is nothing. Keeping God's commands is what counts. Each of you should remain in the situation you were in when God called you. Were you a slave when you were called? Don't let it trouble you, although if you gain your freedom, freedom, do so. For those who are slaves when called to faith in the Lord were the Lord's freed people. Similarly, those who were free when called are Christ's slaves. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of human beings. Brothers and sisters, all of you, as responsible to God, should remain in the situation in which God has called you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we listen for God's voice in this, let's pray for the Holy Spirit to help us. Our Heavenly God, now as we stop and we listen, um, doing what the church has done for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, the radical notion that you not only have a voice that we can hear, but that you've used ancient revelation, ancient texts that you've chose to speak through, and you've entrusted um, to your followers to listen faithfully to your voice. In some ways, that belief is always challenged, and it's, it's difficult to wrap our minds around. But in, on the other hand, those who have walked with you for weeks and months and years um, can testify to having heard your voice and seen where you lead and open up new doors for our lives. And so now speak to us through your grace, because we're more of a mess than we care to admit, but in Christ we're more loved and accepted than we ever imagined. 
And we bring a lot of things into this call, into this Sunday worship. We bring uh, our pains, we bring our joys. We bring our faith, we bring our doubts. We bring excitement, we bring depression. And so would you meet us right where we're all finding ourselves this morning and meet us with your grace that has come to us through Jesus, who entered into the mess and the brokenness to make us whole and redeemed, and in whose name we pray, amen. The doorbell's ringing uh, somewhere out there. Um, hey, so we continue on a series of messages that really the best way to describe it is that they're helping us do what Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says. And what that says is, uh, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Um, and then, oh shoot, I'm trying to find it. I didn't have it flagged. Or oh, I did have it flagged. Um, let me read it verbatim. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what we find is that um, there are all these ways in which our culture is just shaping us and has us thoughtlessly living in certain ways. And we often don't even realize it. We don't even know what's happening. But it, I would argue that, that rather than the very particular things that religious people might say, oh, that's a sin, that's bad, that's harmful for our world, even more harmful are these things that we just kind of absorb and we just all accept that this is how it works, this is how we live, this is what's important. Because they are, they're difficult to see, they're difficult to notice, and I would say then they're much more insidious and harmful to our way of life. And so one area, and, and, and what happens is with the Bible is that over and over in these different things that we absorb, the, the Christian message, you might call it the gospel or the grace of Jesus or the forgiveness of sins, the Christian message actually offers some, a powerful redirection in these different areas of our life that get co-opted by what is just in the air around us. And one area where we need this redirecting is in the area of how we look at our callings or vocations in life. At a very early age, we are told and often... Um, even in schools, as early as 7th or 8th grade, students might be um, ushered to really narrow down and focus and get prepared to decide what path they are going to pursue for their meaningful vocational life. And we're told that you have to find your calling. And usually this is some combination of the gifts, the kind of natural knack that you have for things, um, and kind of your, your dreams about a meaningful life. But unfortunately, where it leaves a lot of us, and I would say even more so in a time like a pandemic and quarantine, and it, where it leaves a lot of us is with an with a overwhelming burden and anxiety around whether or not our life focus is really what it needs to be or whether or not our vocation, or maybe even better better put it this way, our station in life is really meaningful or has enough value or has enough worth. And we find ourselves thinking about parts of our life and feeling inadequate because it doesn't seem like 
we've created that perfect calling, that Instagram-worthy life station. And we imagine as we walked into a church and we imagine that God thinks the same way, that God has the same philosophy that you need to craft this Instagram-worthy calling. Well, here's a story that kind of goes against the grain. John Barnett, an Orthodox Christian, says that many years ago the abbot of a monastery helped him understand this. He was at a point in his life when he was at a crossroads, anguishing over major decisions. Should he get married? Should he become a monk? What did God really and truly want him to do? He sought counsel from the abbot, who startled him with the words, God doesn't care. <laughs> the abbot then said, God only cares that you seek first his kingdom. Well, that certainly comes out of these passages. You see these these fantastic countercultural passages of Matthew 6, where we read Jesus' words, where he says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. <laughs> and then, uh, I think this is even more startling and rattling, is 1 Corinthians Brothers and sisters, all of you, as responsible to God, all of you should remain in the situation in which God has called you. This dramatic validation of whatever station you just happen to be in today. Our fancy careers and vocations and callings are instantaneously, through the gospel, relativized. And they don't define our existence anymore. What I would call this is the radical settling power of the gospel. The way that the message of Jesus has the power to put an end to the agitations that are broiling with you and in your life each morning to put an end to and vanquish the discontentment that you have about your statement in, station in life right now. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 17. If we just look at that one verse. Nevertheless, each of you should live as a believer in whatever station the Lord has assigned to you. It speaks right into the corrosive discontentment that you have carried with you right into this call this morning and sort of puts us on, you know, on blast, puts us on point, calls us out. Where we're saying to ourselves, if only I could blank, then the happiness, then the satisfaction would come, then I'd be worthy. God says, no, there's no if onlys with the gospel, except for, this, if only God's radical approval, the rattle, radical uh, settling of your discontent, if only you could accept that. And again, 1 Corinthians 7, nevertheless, each of you should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to you. But I thought that my career would define me. 
But I thought that my marriage would define me. That perfect spouse would define me. But I thought that my kids and how they turn out <laughs> would define me. And we find out, if we follow the Gospels' teachings, we find out we've been sold a false bill of goods. But it's okay, friends. The gentle and tender Father in heaven has elevated you higher than any career on Wall Street could bring you. He's given you the radical contentment right where you are. And of course, there's a reason for this. Because Jesus walked his vocation in our place. He walked his vocation straight to the cross and passed the stone out through the empty tomb. Jesus walked the vocation of suffering for your redemption to secure your place, the place not of corrosive discontentment, but the place of radical approval in the presence of God. Irregardless of your Instagram worthy or not worthy life and calling and station. So what does this mean? This radical contentment right where you find yourself. Or perhaps it looks a little bit like these couple of examples. Lori is married, a mom and stepmom with two living parents and sisters. She chose a career in dental hygiene, so she spends Monday through Friday with patients, dentists, and coworkers. She's also gone back to school to work on another degree, so she has professors and classmates. Lori's altars are the kitchen in which she cooks meals for her family. The bed she shares with her husband, the dental chair where she cleans teeth and educates patients, the computer where she does her homework. These are the sacred sites of her priestly service, holy ground. At each of these, she is fulfilling a different calling or vocation. She is living out the life of the baptized by loving and caring for those whom the Spirit has called her to serve. Or take Adam. Adam is divorced, a father of one daughter. During the week, he works in a tire distributor's warehouse. He also has two part-time jobs on the weekend. He mows a handful of neighborhood yards and is an Uber driver on Saturday nights. Despite his busy schedule, he also serves as assistant coach on his daughter's soccer team. Adam's altars are the table where he helps his daughter with math and English, the forklift he maneuvers to stock tires and overhead bins, the lawnmower he pushes the car he uses to transport customers, and the grassy field where he teaches his daughter and other girls how to kick and pass a soccer ball. These are the places where he works as a priest. Sacred soil. In different ways with different people, he is serving as the mask of God to care for those whom the Father has placed in his life. Friends, one last image as we consider applying this to our lives. I once lived in a place where the bank had a drive-up service, and uh, there was an awning that you come under, and, and you pull up to this spot, and it was very social distance. It would work really well for our times today. Um, there was a tube that came down, and you put your things in a capsule and send it. 
and it gets sucked over into the building and then they work on your stuff and send you back whatever did you know your cash or your receipt for a deposit and it strikes me that what this message asks of us today is something similar to putting putting those that risky moment of putting those valuable things into the cas capsule and offering them and sending them away in hopes of what returns is what you deserve to cash in on and so here we are with God today considering our life our vocation and all of the potential corrosive discontentment we bring this morning the question is what are you gonna lay into the hands of God today what are you gonna lay at the foot of the cross what are you going to offer up it, it'll feel risky it'll feel vulnerable but what are you gonna lay out right now something that's been drawing you into a kind of unhealthy discontentment maybe with career maybe with spouse or marriage or maybe with children or with your station in life and perhaps you feel like it's become a bit of an idol what are you gonna lay into the hands of God this morning as we seek the grace of Jesus take a minute and consider that question and you'll see some things to reflect on on the screen Let us pray. Our God of grace, <clears throat> the global pandemic has perhaps shifted how we look at you, how we experience you. And so if we feel like we've been drawn away from you during these months, would you help us this week? Would you help us this morning? Would you help us right now to be drawn back into your presence? We pray for your Holy Spirit to have us leaning in and in a sense as we'll experience in communion in just a little bit may your spirit have us dining with you and receiving the spiritual nourishment and food of the gospel of grace that comes to us through your son we pray in Jesus name amen